Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Alphabetical Fugazi, the only podcast that devotes an episode each to discussing every song in the Fugazi catalog, from Fugae to Fugazi. I'm your host, Ian James Wright, and joining me today to discuss Closed Captioned from 1998's End Hits is Scott Stenger, a fan from Silver Spring. How's it going, Scott? Going well. Nice to speak with you. Yeah, likewise. So, um, Scott, uh, where do we want to start with uh, talking about what Fugazi means to you and when you started listening to them and uh, how your relationship has developed with them over the years? So, as most, uh, you know, I guess uh, middle school kids my age, um, I kind of uh, was into heavy metal um, and skateboarding took, you know, a, a, a big part in my life. So, um, once that kind of came into the picture, um, a lot of the older kids that, or I should say my friends that had um, siblings, were making like mixtapes that were being passed around and circulated. And Minor Threat, of course, ended up being a big staple around this area. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't really escape that. And um, when I first discovered that Ian had a band called Fugazi um, when I was in middle school, uh, everybody just kind of like lost their stuff, honestly. <laughs> and and it, it really was like a, like a big deal. And even though I wasn't of age to go to these shows personally, um, you know, cause I was, you know, I guess 12 or 13 at the time, you know, and didn't really uh, feel like having mom and dad cart me down to these shows. Um, you know, it, it was a big, big soundtrack to, you know, the skateboarding and just kind of, you know, my middle school years for sure. And, um, I'll never forget when I was, go- I went to a local store that, you know, is pretty much walking distance from my house. And, um, it was a summertime and I was in the store by myself and um, Discord was notorious for, you know, dropping off uh, a shipment of records to the store personally. So it wasn't unlike, you know, Ian to like, you know, come to the store with a big box of shipment of Discord stuff. And when I noticed that he was dropping off a box, I couldn't help to stare. I'm sure he was like, what's wrong with this kid? You know, <laughs> um, and and uh, but he waved to me, and I I, I just uh, that made my day. And when I told my friends, they were just thought I was full of crap, you know. But <laughs> um, but it was a story that I'll never forget. And that was probably around the time that Margin Walker came out. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had some of those with him. So yeah, in my experience in the D.C. area, like being in and around record stores sort of one of your best chances to see uh, an Ian Mackay in the wild, uh, not not counting like local concerts, of course. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, for sure. he seemed like a big sort of just record store guy, hanging out, talking to the people, browsing, whatever. Definitely, uh, definitely. Very personable. Like, you know, if you came up to him with a question or two, he wasn't going to shoot you down or ignore you, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, the, the shows in, in the area, you know, were were you know, some of the the best times that I've, you know, had, you know, with my friends and gathering at Fort Reno or whatever. And it was just, you know, awesome times. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you've been to at least a few of those Fort Reno shows in your time. Uh, I I bet I was there at some of them with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what years were you, what what did you leave this area? No, 2008, I sort of left the area. So, you know, I was was in in the area till the end of Fugazi's run for sure. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, so do you just sort of were there basically more or less from the beginning of their uh, formation up up through the ends, uh, right? Yeah I, yeah, I sort of came in yeah. in the middle myself in, in my fandom, so uh, so that's neat. Yeah, and I played in a band for a while in the mid '90s called Corm, not 
corn the metal group or corn the vegetable but corm c-o-r-m um that we you know and we did a split release on discord um with shoot records and um played a lot of shows with discord acts unfortunately we didn't get a chance to play with fugazi but um you know that would have been great but yeah it's all good yeah yeah you played in corm with john davis not to be confused right. with corn with jonathan davis <laughs> right exactly exactly Exactly. So, yeah. That's going to cause a little confusion, as the uh, exactly. <laughs> boys in Monty Python once said. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, well, that's great. And uh, I I, uh, I have it on good authority that uh, the aforementioned uh, John Davis uh, may be joining us as a guest one day soon. So, uh, excellent. Keep excellent. an eye out for that, listeners. For sure. So, today we're talking about closed captions. From yep. end hits, you know. Speaking of you being witness to Fugazi's entire career, what did you think about end hits when it came out? Certainly, something different, right? Oh, absolutely. It was definitely experimental. The um, the use of like drum machines, which I'll probably talk too much about um, when we get into it. Um, but you know, just it was a very experimental album, I think, and um, one that I think maybe some of the fans, the diehards, might have been pushed away from at first, but. I know that thinking of you know that record and the argument especially have become have grown to become my fa- some of my favorites actually now the songwriting um, the experimentation just the creativity I mean and that album artwork I mean that, it's just one of my favorites for sure now I mean it it took you know twenty some years to to get there but it's definitely up there with you know the likes of the argument and uh, some of the later works. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I really like that artwork too. So the drum machine thing, do you want to start there when talking about closed captioned? I think that's as good a place as any. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I, it's it's nuts because, you know, it, it starts out and kind of ends. And um, I read somewhere, I, I'm not sure if it was, um, I think it was Tape Op where the, he, Brendan did an interview with um, Tape Op, I think it was in 99, and um, he said that he did the basic tracks on a drum machine and then overdubbed two different drum sets on top of it, which is just absolutely insane. Um, you know, like some of those uh, later performances, you know, uh, Jerry Busher jo- joined on for uh, a second drum on occasional songs, but I, I hadn't heard anything like that. And, you know, it, it's it's funny because, you know, if, if you get, take the timeline, like 97, 98, that's, you know, like... Um, okay computer radiohead and stuff where they really got into that kind of stuff right. um I, I wonder if there was any kind of influence at all i mean I, I i don't think it was direct but you know maybe i don't know yeah maybe just something in the air around that time period right or uh maybe also yeah. something having to do with bands around that time in their lifespan i like i guess I don't know. I want to say Radiohead, Fugazi. Do they both form around the same time? Probably, right? Um, maybe, maybe. Ish. I mean, like I, I feel like the, when they got really popular, at least you know, like it was, you know, ninety three when Radiohead Creep and ninety three is when Killtaker came out. So I mean, if it wasn't that, maybe like bands from like Chicago, like Tortoise, or you know, maybe they had some sort of influence because. You know, it, it was definitely a, a step into a different di- direction for them. And I, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I agree. The whole, the, the two different drum sets against the drum machine. I guess yeah. it's most obvious in the outro, right? With the outro, it's yeah. just this sort of 
crazy drum jam like brendan's drums kind of against themselves and it's it's sort of out of time in a in a slight and weird way like it feels drunk you know it does it does yeah it's it's very cool that way and uh that that sort of dub dovetails with the the sort of twinkly guitars in the beginning yeah. of this song the whole overall overall feel of it is very i don't know it's very it's it's sort of almost druggy or like hazy in in this kind of uh inebriated way uh so it has it's such a different feel from i feel like when most people think of fugazi they think of a real tight band that that are locked in yeah. and this one is like whoa uh, we're we're in something new. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that last minute and a half, like the, I think at like three thirty, like it it, it kind of drops off instrumental, and then that last minute's just nothing but drums. So it's it, it's interesting. It, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, um, I found that tape off interview that that you are referring to. Uh, I'll yeah. probably link that in the show notes. I also saw another interview somewhere that says uh, where Brendan said that. Um, this is the only time they ever played to a click track. So, oh, wow. So that's that, that's something that uh, a, a unique quality of closed captions, a superlative in the catalog. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in that in that tape op interview, he said like it, almost verbatim what you what you remember him saying. He also said uh, that the the overdubbed drum sets it gives distance to a song. That's an interesting exactly. way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, just I you know, it it starts out with the drum machine and kind of ends with the drums and you know, I love that like kind of noodly guitar like after the the um song kind of kicks in and then and then it once that stops and it actually breaks in and he starts singing, then it feels like a Fugazi song, but like I feel like the beginning the end, the way they kind of bookend, it, it's it's unusual and 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 very cool. So I I don't know. I mean, I know some people were probably scratching their head when it first came out but i mean it was it was definitely something cool and i you know for sure appreciate all of that stuff now so absolutely um did you have a chance to listen to the demo version recently from the instrument soundtrack no no i haven't listened to that in a while that's an interesting one uh i i'd uh i'll point listeners to that one too it's okay. i think i think the stuff i said about it feeling drunk or sloppy it's like even more so on that demo version because um, apparently this is a song that basically Guy and Brendan pretty much wrote the music themselves and then like brought it to the band and they like it expanded it a little. But I think that's mainly what you're hearing on the demos is just sort of those two guys. And um, it's like I feel like in the demo I hear like a self-oscillating delay pedal somewhere. Um, the guitar yeah, on yeah, it has sure. this kind of reverb or echo. Like it sounds, it sounds like uh, like that that sort of line. That part sounds like yeah. something playing in an abandoned dance hall that's haunted by 1920s ghosts or something. It's like <laughs> it has this old haunted phonograph sound to it. That's really it crazy. It uh, does. It does for sure. Another thing I think is interesting about that, the fact that Brendan and Guy basically wrote it, is that Ian's the one who ended up singing on it and, and right. writing the lyrics. Um, so that, that's kind of a neat thing. It shows a little bit about their collaborative nature as a band. Yeah. You want to talk about the lyrics? Um, what's your read on the on the words with this song? Well, it's unusual because, you know, this is a harder one to, to interpret, for at least for me. Like, I know that 
um, you know, closed caption in itself, you know, I mean, when, when you think of that term, you think of the, you know, I guess, transcription on TV, you know, or television or movies, you know, at the bottom of your screen. And um, I feel like with this, it, it, I, in my mind, I, I mean, I don't know if this is what, what they were aiming towards, but, you know, like, you know, don't just read what's on your screen think for yourself a little bit and and you know make make something of that you know don't just be force-fed whatever television or the media is 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 kind of handing your way i mean you know I, i'm not i'm not sure if that that that's the, the direction or um where they were going with that but i mean you know i, I know that with a lot of their songs they're kind of like you know think for yourself don't let anybody else do your you know that kind of thing for you that's an interesting take on it yeah i like that do you um do you know the the distinction between captions and subtitles? Not really, not really. I mean, I feel like they're kind of like the same, but it, I mean, they're they're. I'm sure they're different, of course. Yeah, I looked this up briefly. So subtitles are they assume that the person watching TV can hear, right? They can hear all the audio, they can hear the language, but they just can't understand certain things, such as foreign languages, uh, whatever. And so that's what subtitles are for, whereas closed captions assume that, like, perhaps the viewer is deaf. So closed captions also describe uh, just, uh, like, diegetic and non-diegetic sounds, just like... Uh, you know, they ha- they'll have door slams in uh, in brackets or something like right, that. Right, right, right. And interestingly, the the closed part of closed captioned that refers to the fact that it's like it's something you can turn on and off. It, mm. Whereas um, captions that are sort of like uh, always on for certain things are referred to, I guess, in the industry as hard captions or open captions. Um, okay, so those okay. are just always on. So. Uh, <laughs> To what degree that informs your interpretation, I like. I don't know. I don't know if it has any bearing right. on that, but uh, something to keep in mind. Which maybe, um, listening to what you were saying about that, maybe that is important. It's it's like it's not hard caption. It's closed caption. So you can turn it off and right. think for yourself if you so choose. Interpret things the way that you want. And it's really it's funny with um, closed captions, especially with like a a news broadcast or like a sporting event. You know, it, it's live, so some of the stuff that you know the reporter or you know the the people kind of narrating the sporting event um, might get lost or left out. Also, it seems like there's like a delay. They're they're talking so fast, and usually from a teleprompter, um, you know, that some of that stuff might get lost and left out. You know, because. Um, it, it seems like any time when I'm watching the news, at least, um, if you're watching it with closed caption, it, like it seems like they're kind of like rushing to get to wherever like the person's leaving off or catching up to what they're saying. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time watching stuff with captions on, but you're right. I've I've noticed that too. Whenever it, it's it's almost like they they've it's gotten ahead of them too much, so they just sort of. Maybe skip some things and jump ahead to wherever they can, wherever they can catch up to. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I was, I was looking at, I think the first few stanzas of this. Yeah. Um, so your etiquette, your rules of interaction. What are you waiting for? Nobody's home. We're all out trying to find one. What are we waiting for? Um, that to me, like even before looking at the rest of the lyrics of the song. I I was feeling like that could almost be addressed to a certain kind of person, like trying to uh, 
uh, get a date or, or make some kind of personal connection. Um, yeah. a, a kind of person like me, not to put too fine a point on it. Like, I don't know about you. I, I never in my life, uh, like got a date or, or, um, anything like that by cold approaching a stranger, like at a bar and starting oh, to no talk way. to them. Like no way. <laughs> it's something like you always see on TV, but I never did it in my entire life. Like the only people I ever got into a relationship with are like friends of friends or online dating right. or something like that. So that's like, uh, that's something that immediately just pops into my mind with like, you know, your etiquette, your rules of interaction. It's like, not only am I, was I always sort of uncomfortable doing that, but but I always just felt like ah, that's it seems like such an imposition. Um, whereas yeah, and I'm sure some other people with different points of view would be like like what yeah what are you waiting for get over yourself and and go out there and and uh, make a move. Um, so you know I I sort of doubt that this song is really is is about that, but um, it's some some other kind of desire and and obtaining whatever that is. Which I guess in in the song the, the the speaker does not know what that desire is, right? Right, right, right. Well, to to set the record straight, I've never taken that approach with anybody at a bar either. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that was just kind of kind of lame and kind of crude and obnoxious to me. But you know, like I mean, it, it must work for some people, right? I mean, but yeah, that's that's not my move for sure either. So. No, especially when there's like loud music, like <laughs> to, right, to whatever right. degree my conversational skills I c- can like, w- you know, I can get my foot in the door, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could do that in the sort <laughs> in the sort yeah. of sonic space that would be provided by a loud bar. Uh, it just doesn't no seem way. like something that's doable to me. <laughs> no way. No um, way. Not yeah. Thankfully, I'm married now. So uh, it not a, it not an issue. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All good, all good. Yeah, um, that that thing also, the that's repeated. We just want, we don't know. I just want, I don't know. Um, that that's evocative of a certain feeling to me. There's there's a German word that gets at this. You know, of course, the German language has so many uh, wonderful words, and and I'm not a German speaker, and I've never really taken a class or anything. But but there are these certain words you pick up in in popular culture that express an idea that we don't really have in English. So there's a German word, uh, Zenzucht, I think it is pronounced. That's S E H N S U C H T. And apparently it's, it's sort of loosely transla- translated as a longing or a desire, or maybe more literally a sickness caused by a yearning desire, um, that s- oh, maybe wow. represents, uh, thoughts and feelings about uh, things in life that are imperfect, but maybe you can't define exactly what that is or what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also something I think is really beautifully expressed in the Pink Floyd song "Comfortably Numb." Like I'm not a oh, huge wow. fan of that band, but no. whenever that, whenever I hear that song, I think it's the part that says. Uh, uh, I wrote it down here. When I was a child, I had a, I caught a fleeting glimpse out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, but it was gone. I cannot put my finger on it now. The child has grown. The dream is gone. Um, I always thought those lyrics were so beautiful because it really captures a feeling that I know. And it's, it's such an elusive uh, feeling that describes an elusive thing itself. It's yeah. like you, you want something... 
but you don't know what it is. Maybe at some point, for a brief moment, you knew what it was, but now it's gone and you can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting to think about. So that that may be the sort of feeling that's coming out in in this song as well. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I see that. I see that. I think the one about the imp- the um, the line that says the imperfections are here to find if your position is so unkind. I like that one a lot too. I mean, everything is, is so abstract. I feel like in this song, but I mean, there, there's some really good uh, lyrics in this one. Yeah. That's, um, I think that that strongly speaks to our culture today where it seems like everybody's trying to find imperfections in everything and everyone. And like, uh, call out ways that their that their conduct is not sufficiently i don't know moral or uh progressive or whatever i i guess that's also it's hard to read parts of this song and not think that it's about the band itself right yeah yeah i guess the part that's like this one wants the art this one wants the politic instead that sounds like it's definitely fugazi talking about its fans right sure sure I can definitely see that. I mean, um, and then the follow-up, everybody wants their own damn station, you know? I mean, uh, the way, the way that this song, um, just goes down the line, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. I like the, one of the, the last lyrics too, the one that, um, about, and since we live in the present tense, the only hope of making sense and just, just incredible. I mean, like the, these lyrics to me are, are, are some of the, the, the best on this album at least for for me (laughs) yeah the only hope of making sense all depends on the source of light yeah that that hits home to me uh just to tell a a brief story i a a few years ago i lived in this apartment for a couple of years where the kitchen was the kitchen area i guess it was sort of set away from the windows so it was just like fluorescent light basically there was no real natural light coming in so I lived there for a couple of years and then like currently I'm renting a house that has, uh, you know, a kitchen with windows there. So I remember vividly the first time I was like peeling a carrot in the in the kitchen here. I was like, it took me aback uh, the color of it. I was like, what is there something wrong with this carrot? It was, And it's just because it had been so long since I had seen a carrot in natural sunlight that like my perception of of what they looked like <laughs> was completely off. I was like I was shocked right. by uh, by that, and it's like yeah, how if if your main source of light is is this sort of unnatural fluorescent lighting, like how how right. differently you you perceive things, and and I guess incorrectly when it comes down to it. Right for sure. Yeah that that other line you cited. Everybody wants their own damn station. Like is that you think yeah. that's talking about like a radio station? Like everybody wants the perfect radio station that plays exactly the songs they want about the things that they want to hear. That or a TV station? I mean, I I, I really don't know. I mean, uh, it, it could be either one, really. I mean, you know, I feel like um, radio in the '90s with the the all the commercials. I mean, it's it's even worse now. But I mean, I I feel like 
I don't even really listen to the radio now anymore. I mean, unless it's like, you know, um, like a serious thing or I, I usually just listen to Spotify or, or podcast, to be honest. Um, but I remember, you know, that that used to really bug me. Like, you know, um, I'm, I, I'm sure that you did the same thing when you were a kid. You know, you try to tape songs off the radio and then the, the DJ would talk until like the lead in yep. and you'd be like, oh, my God, come on. You know, well, that, that was a pretty annoying thing right there. But then, you know throwing a bunch of commercials every couple songs and you're, you're just you're just like you know, <laughs> going going nuts beating your head but i remember you know, in the 90s like you know th- there was a you know an alternative station whfs and uh you know that was pretty much one of the only things i would listen to in in, in you know during the car rides to and from school or on road trips and yeah, um, i was at hf festival 99 Oh yeah, who was that? Who was that? I don't remember that oh, one. Was that I think like the a... headliner that year was Limp Bizkit? Uh, oh no, definitely. Uh, <laughs> who else played? Everclear played one of the worst sets I've ever heard. Like I, like I knew their songs, but I couldn't even tell what they were playing. It was very, very bad. Uh, 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 oh, you know, you know what? My particular memory of of that HF Festival was is that yeah. Bush played and. They played the song. It was like sort of dusk, twilight. They played the song Glycerine, and everyone in the audience was like holding up lighters, oh. and and it was really cool because I think that's like the last time in history that that ever happened. Because sort of shortly after that, everyone used cell phones for that sort of thing, right? Sounds about and right. Like, Sounds about but right. But before before cell phones were a commonplace thing. People would hold up their lighters for those like slow burning yeah, jams oh at God. concerts, and it's like, oh my God. yeah. Whenever I think of that, I'm like, that's the last time that that happened in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it was a great radio station. They hosted those concerts. I feel like for years, um, they even had a local radio show on Sunday nights that um, actually Corm did a set on. It was called Now Hear This. And um, they would play local music, um, bands like Teen Beat, Simple Machines, um, some Discord. Um, but they would have like a band play um, like in the garage, you know, quote unquote, um, which was actually in the studio. And they would play you know, three or four songs um, just kind of stripped down. And uh, that was a thing that people tuned into because you had a good chance if you had a song that was local or if it was a recording of it, you could hear your own music on that. That was pretty cool. So yeah. if that exists online somewhere, uh, send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's ironic that you brought up Spotify earlier too, because of course, with the advent of, of that and similar services, now everybody does have their own damn station as it turns exactly. out. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a crazy thing, you know, like people, I mean, I, I was a iPod disciple for years and, you know, I mean, as soon as some of these streaming services popped up, I felt like, wow, like I don't have to have my phone bogged down on, you know, losing, you know, tons and tons of memory because now I, everything's streaming, you know, and I, I'm definitely guilty of some of that. So I don't know. Well, it's also, I think, these lines um, are interesting to look at in the context of the Fugazi timeline. The song is on end hits, and the album before that, Red Medicine, I, I think was the is the one, first one where there are no overtly political songs. Like, is that fair to say? Like, not to say that yeah. there's no political content, but I don't think there's any song that's like, oh, this is 
political, right? Whereas no, yeah. all their earlier records definitely had that, I want to say. Um, yeah, so it's sure. easy to imagine them getting some like people who are like, like, what the fuck? We're all we're the, the politics. That's what we come to Fugazi for. And mm-hmm, this song being mm-hmm. kind of a, a response to that. Like, yeah, everybody you know, has an idea about what our band is. But, uh, you know, in the end, we just sort of do whatever we are feeling at the moment. So, uh, right. Yeah. I <laughs> can't please everybody. right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And right after those lines comes another, like a singular moment in the Fugazi catalog. Another strange thing about this, which is that for one line, Guy pops up in this Ian right. song. He sings, right. I asked you, I asked you a question. And so it's not a like a backing vocal. It's not like a refrain. It's not like sort of taking the bridge. Uh, that's all stuff that Fugazi has, has done several times. But this is like, it's just one line. He pops up, sings it. And then Ian does the rest of the song, so exactly, it's very interesting. Exactly, <laughs> it's like a, a little cameo right there, you know. But it, it it is a it is a cool cool thing because you know, like, like you said, he was a, a big part of put um, writing the song, and so it's nice to hear him kind of chime in there at that that point. Yeah, and I guess I guess the question that he's referring to is the you know thing the line where it's like maybe you can tell me why no one counts until they're dead. Right. Which is a little perplexing. Like, I, it it makes you think of like, well, like, is that true? And what in what sense is that true? Um, I I don't know. That's definitely an arguable line, right? I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's maybe something that somebody would say if they are contemplating their own legacy and and what that will be. I don't know. I like it's something that I would tend to disagree with. Like in in my immediate response, at least. But in some ways, it's like, for example, like while one is alive, one still has a chance to ruin his legacy, right? With with general yeah. lameness, like I don't know, take you know Morrissey comes to mind, for example. Like the Smiths are one of my favorite bands, but like, yeah, it's, he's he's come out with all this uh, sort of reactionary, you know, uh, uh, nationalist yeah. reactionary um, political allegiances. Which is so, yeah. I guess in that sense, once you're dead, I guess at least your legacy is uh, somewhat safe in terms of the damage that you can do to it yourself. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered something I was gonna say about the uh, the source of light thing, which is that uh, simply that maybe it ties into the fact that Fugazi always just performed live with neutral, like white lights, never with. That's a good point. Lights. I, I never even thought about that. Yeah, they they never used any kind of, you know, any anything that that was wow. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Chad oh. was talking about this on our uh, birthday pony episode, and and I think I had never realized it either. But yeah, so maybe that's that's what this line means. It's like you know, we we perform with just neutral colored lights to give you give you the reality of the situation. We're not trying to dress up the show with like smoke and mirrors. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's I. I never would have thought about that. Wow. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I think you you mentioned before about the uh, the the Jerry Busher interplay with Brendan in live versions of this. Um, it's a good time to bring up a, a little social media, I guess, where um, that was observed by um, a, a listener called Colin Mack on our Facebook page. 
who says, I think the focus okay. on the drums in the track definitely makes sense for why Jerry would play along with it later in their tours. Yeah, that's it's a fun thing to watch. Like, um, There aren't too many videos that I could find on YouTube of this particular song, um, but it is it's fun to watch them doing their thing together on this song. Um, I like that a lot. I also saw... Uh, there's this one video I'll I'll put up a link to this too where I don't think I had noticed this before where Guy is like tapping on this sort of I guess it's a tuner on top of his amp during this sort of jam intro um, and I guess it's the kind of tuner that like provides reference notes it just like gives a sine wave at a certain pitch um, and he's sort of like tapping it up and down so it's like Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess I had never, I, I had heard that sort of thing before, but I don't think I realized what it was until I saw this video and it sort of clearly shows him doing that. Um, so that's that's very interesting. It's it's almost like I had always had this um, image that they were just, they just played guitar live and there were no effects or anything like that. But this is almost like a, a, a it's almost like playing a synth, really. It's in a in a very pr- primitive manner i know sometimes you you actually check to see how many times a song has been played live did you have a chance to look at that or no I actually forgot to do that for this one let me look that up right now um uh it actually looks like it's sort of right in the middle of the pack i have it at number 44 um i think it's pretty good for a song from end hits uh right i i want to say that break is the only one that they played more then closed captioned off of end hits. It's it's one of those songs that I, I just didn't, never knew how many times they they because it's it's such an unusual song and you know it, with the, the drum machines the the top of the song to the bottom like I didn't know if that was something that they were kind of stay away from playing live many times and maybe they tried it out a couple times it didn't work and then they just kind of retired it. You no, know, it looks so. like they busted it out a lot. I can imagine this one being a lot of fun to play. Um, there's some nice touches to it live. Like I like how in the line, um, the recipe, um, clear connection, the time, the time, the time, etc. So Ian yeah. like, shouts that, and exactly and live, like he really goes for it. You can imagine somebody, you can imagine kind of wimping out on that because the backing music is so quiet. But but he like yeah. really goes for it live. He's just like sort of red faced shouting. Um, he's this is part of what makes him such a great live performer i guess is like he just goes for those moments well some of those quieter moments you know i mean like you know shut the door like some of those songs that kind of have like those quieter parts when he really let let it loose you know like it was just very powerful so you know it's no surprise that you know in in the quieter parts of this song that he just like kind of lets it go yeah and a, a counterpoint to that is um the line no one counts until they're dead he sort of goes extra quiet on that one. He almost like steps away from the mic a little bit, which is a good yeah. like, audience sing-along moment, kind of a dark sing-along moment, but still. Uh, <laughs> so, so I was in the middle of a uh, social media. Um, let's see. Pete Fraser says it's a great song and that kind of dub feel with the snaky uh, sharp four guitar line is really cool and different. I, th- I think he's saying sharp fourth. Um uh, I didn't. I didn't sort of analyze the music theory behind that, but yeah, I, I I'm surprised we didn't uh, bring up the word dub until now. But yeah, absolutely. Oh, right? okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. The drums and the bass, the way that they kind of lock in there, um, for sure. And Oliver Kogod says, 
Uh, as others said, the drum effects are cool as well as the beat, which is highlighted in the outro. Um, uh, and she says, I'm assuming you've listened to the new, the new Kariki album. I hear some serious Kariki vibes in this song, particularly with Ian's vocal presentation, the lyrical content, and kind of the drum beat. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's I, I've listened to the album a few times. I don't think I, it's sunk in with me enough to make that, that connection yet, but I'll have to listen more with that in yeah. mind. I, I had I hadn't thought of that either, but I'll have to yeah, check it I, out. I now. do like that album, by the way. I don't think I've discussed it on the show before, but um, yeah, it's good. I I think uh, have a cup of tea is a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's great. That's Let's great. See, yeah, I think so that's about about all from social media. So I think it's a good time uh, if if you like to talk about ratings. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? So. From one star to five stars, in the context of the Fugazi catalog, how do you think this one rates? I don't know. I, I'd probably give it somewhere between a three and a four, if I had to give it a rating. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. It's not one of my all-time favorites, but um, I do like it. I do enjoy it. It's from one of my favorite albums. Um, I, I like the drumming at the beginning and the end and the use of drum machines like like we've talked about before. Makes it really a, a unique listen. Um, but I don't I don't know if it's one of my all-time favorites. I, I, yeah, so I, I guess somewhere between a three and a four is, is what I would give close caption. The, this one I've been struggling with actually all day. I think more than any other song I've uh, I've done an episode on so far. It's kind of baffling me as far as like where I rank it. Which I mean, I guess first of all that points out that you know rating things has its limits. Um, it's yeah. it's like not, it's not a perfect system, but yeah, um, it's so strange to me. I've I've had a guest on this show who actually pointed this out as her least favorite Fugazi song, and I that's not crazy to me at all. But and yet, I think I really like a lot about this song. Um, like, I definitely wouldn't say that for me. Like the 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 general feel of it, the drums, the 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 twinkly guitar parts. I really like yeah. that stuff. Um, something else I think I forgot to point out is um, that Joe's bass line. It's nothing complicated, but the feel of it adds to that sort of drunkenness where he does that slow slide. Uh, down where a lot of a lot of the yeah. time you know slides that somebody does on a bass there's they're sort of quicker but like that the way he does it that slow it's like you can he you can hear every fret as he hits it on his way down um yeah yeah it, that's that's cool too so a lot of the sonic qualities of this song i really like um so all of which is to say very hard for me to give a rating to this i think i'm gonna go like 3.5 um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think this is one that, like, you ask me from day to day. Like, it could be up at a four. It could be down at a two. All I can say for sure is it's not one of my least favorites. It's not one of my most favorites. Other than that, I'm, I'm a little bit at a loss. So, so I guess that itself speaks to what an interesting song this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, a middle of the road Fugazi song is is better than a lot of stuff that's on the radio now. Yeah, you know for, I mean? sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Uh, and, and, and I mean, you know, I, I feel like their whole catalog, you know, I, I, I go, you know, 
every couple of years I have a, a new favorite, you know, and, and it's been like that ever since, you know, it just, you know, over, over time, you know, like you, you listen to one more than some of the others, um, that just becomes your, your favorite. And, um, I, I think that all of them are, are great and all of them have great songs. Um, you know, and hits actually has, like I said, you know, o- over time become, you know, like one, one of the top tiers for me. Yeah, it's, it's a great one for sure. I, I, I think I feel that way about End Hits on the whole. It's the, sort of the same way I feel about um, about this song. So maybe it's a good encapsulation of the album. It's like End Hits, it's, it's right. certainly not my favorite, but it's certainly not my least favorite. It's like, uh, it's it's just different is all you can say. It's uh, And it's certainly really, really good in a lot of ways. Well, how about I give you the chance to do some plugs? Where can listeners reach you? Do you are you involved in anything right now that people can check out? No, I haven't played music in a while, so unfortunately, I'm not active with that. But I mean, if you're interested in seeing pictures of my kids or some of my vinyl collection, <laughs> you can you can see me at Scott Stanger, all one word at Instagram.com. So I mean, it, it's nothing exciting, but you know, you can see my kids and. Uh, what we're doing during these crazy times right now. Yeah, so. no, I feel you on that. I'm not playing music right now myself, but yeah, I really hope to yeah. someday when all this stuff is over, at least like at least get together with a drummer in my neighborhood and and just jam in the garage. That would be wonderful. It's been a while since I've had that that uh, inescapable feeling that uh, all of us musicians know and love. I'd love to play, but I'd be happy to see live music at this point. Yeah, know, yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, sure. here's hoping um yes well thank you scott and as for me you can reach me at fugazi a to z at gmail.com and you can join the facebook group the alphabetical fugazi tell us what you think about closed captions and hey if you get the chance rate or review this show in apple podcasts helps give us a little visibility and i hope you'll join me for the next episode when we'll be discussing combination lock until then keep your eyes open (laughs) 